If it's not hard, it's not worth it. If it's not hard, you're not valuable and worthy of it. You need to, we're hardworking people. The early bird gets the worm, all of that. And yet there's such a different way. Welcome to Connect Back In Podcast. I'm Morgan King, your host, and I'm so passionate about sharing with you the spiritual concepts that have transformed my life. It is not always an easy path, but I know within my soul that if it's good on the inside, it's good on the outside. Through interviews with experts and my personal experience, we will break down how to live a spiritual life in today's society. My hope is that you find the inspiration and support you need as you explore your own journey to connect back in. Hello, it's Morgan King with Connect Back In. I'm so excited to share with you today's episode. It's an interview episode with the great Michelle Barr. Um, Before I get into that, I do want to give a little reminder to rate and review the podcast if that's something that you have not done yet and you are a consistent listener. I would really appreciate it if you just go over there Rated on iTunes is kind of the one that I defer to, but if you're listening on Spotify or whatever application, just letting me know what you think of the podcast. That'd be really great. So moving on, um, I have been following a life transformational life coach. Her name is Gina DeVee. And how I found her was through Jen Sincero. I've talked about Jen Sincero quite a bit on the podcast. Her book is how to be a badass, and then how to be a badass at making money. And those were two books that really I was obsessed with when I first started venturing down this path. And I was like, huh, I wonder who her coach was. And at the beginning of, I think it's your badass at making money, she says like, uh, thank you. Or she gives even like a nod at the beginning, like that the book is for her coach, Gina DeVee. And I was like, oh, I wonder who this Gina DeVee is. So I looked up the Gina DeVee. Anyways, that was a couple of years ago. I've since followed along her journey. And she recently interviewed this amazing being, Michelle Barr. And the reason why I want to share that story is at the end of our podcast recording, it's so funny because (laughs) Michelle talks about how she didn't know that Gina was Jen Sincero's coach, but she loved Jen Sincero and she wanted to know the same thing. And she's like, I want to know who Jen Sincero's coach is. Long story short, she ends up just getting acquainted with Gina DeVee, goes to one of her events. And while she's at the event, someone calls out, hey, Gina is Jen Sincero's coach. And she's like, what the heck? So it's just so crazy that that was kind of the synchronistic that pulled us together and then ultimately allowed us to connect with one another. So there are no accidents. There's this divine orchestration. And that's just one of the many hundreds of examples in my life and one of the many that I've shared on this podcast. So I came across Michelle through Gina's podcast and she expresses on there that she's gone through this momentous up level. And it was just so in alignment when I was listening to her because her faith muscle is about as strong as mine. Hers is actually stronger. And I feel as though I've never had someone that has reflected back to me that level of faith. Meaning, even when the shit's hitting the fan, being like, what's the gift in this? How can I see this as a benefit to me? I know I'm always supported. I know everything's always working out for my highest good. And this faith may seem like, rose-colored glasses or um, turning a blind eye. And it is. That is my goal. I want to be ignorance is bliss because I would rather be ignorant and happy and have the things I desire in my life than be aware of all that's going on around me that's negative and bringing me down or believing in the fact that I'm a victim or that life's not working out for me or whatever. So Michelle was able to reflect back to me this like level of faith. And in addition to that, I was drawn then to her podcast, which I highly recommend checking out. I will link to it in the show notes. She has two different um, free offerings on there, one about money mindset. And then I believe the other one is about like time freedom or whatever. But her, her free content is like better than some paid content that I've listened to before. 
And she just has such a great way of delivering information. And she's speaking from experience. She was the version that was searching for the answers, looking for the results, and has since created them. So she knows the exact obstacles that her audience is facing. So she can speak to them in a language that is so resonating. So a little bit more about Michelle. She is a transformational business and life coach. She's a speaker. She's an author and a teacher who helps you turn your life's calling into a profitable business you love and to create a life that you love living. So after turning her own expensive hobby into a full-time profitable business, she took it online and built the thriving global online business she has today, along with a life of both money and time freedom. She's been a personal transformational specialist for over 30 years and works with her clients at a deep level to achieve true and lasting healing and transformation that leads to success in every area of their lives. Michelle lives in Texas and travels both nationally and internationally, speaking, teaching, and serving. And I'll include links to her Facebook page, Instagram, again, her podcast, which I highly, highly recommend you check out, and then also her website if you want to learn more about Michelle. So today's episode, we really dive into this belief that she holds, this faith muscle that she has that I think sometimes we'll question, am I really meant for the life that I desire? And she had those questions as well. And she, in full transparency, still talks about how those fears and um, notions still come forward in her day-to-day life, even though she has achieved a big, significant portion of her dreams. I mean, we're always growing, we're always changing, so our desires are always evolving, But she, in the past nine months, has accomplished things that are beyond what she ever thought possible. And so we talk more about that. We talk about her faith. We talk about how fear sometimes comes in and sabotages the party and how to center ourselves, to refocus, to stay on track. And it just was such a joy to talk to Michelle. You can hear our conversation just like goes by so fast for me. Um, We actually talked for quite a while even after the recording. So I hope you enjoy listening to Michelle as much as I did and that you walk away from this, maybe allowing yourself to believe a little deeper or shifting your perspective to serve you more. Or ultimately, I just want you to feel better after listening. So take a listen. As always, thank you so much and enjoy. So I think just getting started and diving in is number one is thank you so much for being here today and taking the time out of your schedule. And I know you're busy um, or full. Let's not use busy yeah. uh, by choice. And I'm just really grateful that you're here. So thank you so much. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here and share with your community today. Yay. So getting right into it, can you tell me a little bit about your journey? And I know that's a mouthful. So you start wherever you want, include whatever you want and make it as long as you want. But can I give our audience an idea of who Michelle Barr is? It does help to have that overview. I ended up very young in a marriage, a toxic marriage, someone I had been with since junior high. And I was very much in a lot of trauma, generational trauma, things that now I'm very aware of. And I also have always been an empath. And I didn't understand that then. Got married young. And then I had this spiritual awakening early. Like when I turned 25, I already had a two-year-old and I ended up leaving that marriage at the same time that my best friend was ill and dying. And all of that put me into an early spiritual awakening that was a big turning point for me Mm -hmm. in where I am today. And I see now how it was all really divinely orchestrated in a lot of ways. Before that, I always say I was unrecognizable from who I am. Am now I was caught in my stories and my crisis and my drama and all of that and just living that out. I ended up while my best friend was ill and dying, doing a lot of helping and healing work with he has he was part of a healing circle and then later I was working with hospice and just doing things and it 
caused me to change my career. At the time I was working in publishing and advertising, that's what I went to school for. And I ended up leaving my marriage and my friend did pass away a few years later. I became a single mother then, and I went on a traditional route. I didn't know how to get to where to be that person I wanted to be next, that I was being called to be. I went to graduate school and I became a therapist. So I became a therapist and I started doing that work. And my specialty was generational trauma and dysfunction, what I had come out of, addiction, abuse. I worked in domestic violence sexual assault, crisis, and trauma, and was really good at it. And then I went to work in a psychiatric hospital, and I was seeing that I believe as my own spiritual awakening kept opening and my own awareness that every crisis has a spiritual component, whether you even say you believe in God or not, what your religion, what your culture and beliefs. And I wasn't able to talk to that in the psychiatric hospital and under my license. Mm. Before working in the hospital, I had a private practice working all with adults who were abused as children and had abuse and addiction in their families. So I felt really called at that point to seminary and I went to seminary and I became a hospital chaplain and I came back to the hospitals with my therapy knowledge and with that. But again, I couldn't really fully work within that structure of the therapy and the hospital chaplain then does something totally different. And through my own life experiences, I ended up feeling called to go out in the community and all I knew was start your own work. And I said, well, how will I do that without a license? I got rid of my license as a therapist and I started becoming aware of a lot of other ways people were addressing these issues while still using. I trained as an interfaith minister because in the hospital, you learn to minister to all people from their perspective. You're just bringing healing to them and their families while they're in the hospital. So I have a broad perspective of that. Before going out in the community, I was actually serving in my church but the people in my church didn't want what I had. And I was very frustrated with that. I live in Texas. It's a bit in the Bible belt, but I had come up in the Methodist church. So with all of that going on, I just on faith, which we're going to talk about today, I was getting these nudgings and these intuitive hits. And I opened this little house, a healing center in my community, and women started coming from all over. And I just learned as I went. And then I started getting asked to be a speaker and teach classes. And they were coming for healing of all kinds. And eventually I found the coaching world and I came into the coaching world. And I ended up closing my brick and mortars and taking my business online. And now I've been a decade in the coaching world. And I believe coaching for me has been the best umbrella. When someone shows up, I just bring everything I have to the table. Even now I have clients that I train in how to start their own coaching or add coaching. So my marketing and advertising background, you know, there was a plan all along, but I didn't know. And then all my work, people come to me to help them with things that are not their crisis and trauma. And they end up triggered by entrepreneurship into their crisis and trauma. So it's been really interesting, wrote some books, trained as a speaker, speak on stage. And that's how I've gotten to where I am today. And it's a real mix. And now my resume finally makes sense. But all those years, it was like, what are you doing? So now I'm a coach and author. I teach and I speak about all kinds of things. And a lot of what we're going to talk about today, too, that you are very involved in also is manifesting and universal laws. And I turned my life into an experiment for that over the years. So I live it and then I turn around and teach it. Oh my gosh, I love it. So I, I, I almost think of this idea of like, you literally have like a tool belt and it's like you have a certain client that comes along and you're equipped based off of all of your vast experience, which like you said, at the time going through it, you're kind of like, all right, so now I'm going over here and then this is happening. And it really does have this overarching umbrella now 
where it's all like this succinct, all, each uh, experience served a very definitive purpose. And it's always so clear in hindsight, right? <laughs> like it, it really is. And something amazing I found, I've had my business 15 years now, when you're willing to just keep living it, I will live the next piece of it and walk through the fires and then turn around and help people with that. Whatever I'm going through right now, I'm going through it, but I'm also going through it so I can help others. But it wasn't in my plan until it shows up. Yeah. Have you um, seen Finding Joe? I have not. Oh, I'm going to send it to you after. It's a. It's actually on YouTube for free. It's a. It's a movie, and it's all about the hero's journey that's documented by Joseph Campbell. And it's basically what you're saying is like you go out into the world, you experience a challenge, which then prompts you to grow, to learn, and then you kind of go inward, and then you come, you reemerge back into the world, and you share all that you've learned. And so you've cyclically done that many a times, it sounds like, not only from a career perspective, but a life perspective. Um, and I love that you bring up the hero's journey because I've talked over the years a lot about the entrepreneurial hero's journey. Mm -hmm. And I believe that entrepreneurship is a form of your own personal and spiritual growth and development. It's a path that you work with, it will grow you like nothing else. And it's the entrepreneurial hero's journey is that hero's journey over and over because I've had to keep growing to become the person who can get the results that I'm driven to get. And it has been, if nothing else, it will grow you. So the hero's <laughs> journey is a really accurate way to look at it. And it's always like evolving and you hit the next level. And then you go through the cycle again. Yes, you know, it's a it's, spiral. It's not <laughs> linear. You're no. right. And you come back. I've been here before, but I'm different now. Yep. And then you go through it again. Yeah. The language I always use is like, this is so uncomfortable, but I've been through this before and I know what's on the other side. Yes. You know? So one other quick question, just kind of circling back really quickly, just because I have curiosity. So I'm wondering if a listener does as well. Um, I was raised Methodist too. It was very casual. Um, in my family, we kind of went to church because we felt like we had to. Um, we did too. Okay. And, but I always had this like, I don't know. I think now I can call it spirituality, um, but like this belief system and I couldn't put it into words and I didn't really know what it meant. But I did believe in something and like just weird things. Like I saw a hologram of my grandma when I was younger. Like it was my other grandma's birthday. And I just like put my hand on the passenger side of my car. And I didn't even know it was her birthday. Just like energies almost. Did you experience anything like that? Because you, you had this big pivotal moment in your life where you, you kind of went through quite a bit of crisis, especially for a young age. And it like sought you to look outside. Okay, there has to be more. Maybe that was the question because I know I've experienced that myself. Let me look into this. Like I need support here. But prior to that, did you have anything that you kind of questioned or were curious about? Or was this when you were 25, 26, was this kind of the, the primary time in which you started looking for these um, new modalities, if you will? I always had, that's a great question. And then it was just prime for that spiritual awakening as part of my path, especially looking back. So we were the same kind Methodist. You show up at church because that's what people in the neighborhood do and on the holidays. And yet my family was super casual. We had none of those messages about God was actually like, he has big things to do, leave him alone. And I would tell my parents, he's right here. I'm talking to Jesus. I'm talking to God. And they actually would tell me, that's not what he does. Quit bothering him. And I would have these ecstatic experiences. And then also growing up so that we'd get out from under our parents' feet in the summer, they'd send us to church camps. Mm -hmm. And I would love it. I was always just super aware. And I'm to this day very sensitive to energy, which is what led me into some of the alternative ways to do healing and transformational work. So I agree with you. I'm very aware of those kind of experiences and energy and the information that's in energy and those experiences. And looking back, I had a lot of them, both with people who'd passed over and also just 
their spirit, something bigger. And it's right here. Even when my family was like, "Mm, not really. So it was a knowing. Yeah. And you like almost didn't need their approval of it because you were so confident. This is a perfect segue is because the, the way in which I came across Michelle was through another podcast through her coach. And I was so like shocked and taken back by her level of confidence in her faith and like just the belief of source, if you will. Is that fair to say? Can I say that? It that really is. I loved when you said it to me in that way as we were looking at talking today because it truly is. And I've had to learn it. I mean, the knowing was always there, but I have done a lot of things in my life where I did them on faith. And I will take big leaps of faith quite often. And I have really, it is a trust muscle and I've really built it in a faith journey. And I've always been taken care of. But the thing about it, you have to learn why so many people don't experience it in the way it's there for us. You always have to go first. This is what I tell people all the time, especially my clients Spirit cannot impede on your free will. That is a governing law of living on earth. You always have to go first and you have to go first certain and then spirit will rush in to help. Spirit can't go first and it won't. Mm-hmm. And to take that first step really does, that requires a lot of trust for a lot of people because we're all used to thinking that like we're in control. Well, we are in a way, right? With, with making our choices and things like that. But like, in regards to making things happen, I think we're actually such a smaller subset than we believe we are. So can we, because I think I'm saying this incorrectly now, because you're saying, I understand free will 100%. And I've heard you say what you, what you say is, is, right? Yes. And so, and I believe that wholeheartedly, you create, create your own reality. However, like, I think there's this way in which we take that concept into the physical world And we're like, okay, so then I take action. Like, I feel like that's what a lot of people do is they are like, okay, well, I want a partner. I want a million dollars. I want whatever, right? I want this desire because I think I'll feel different in the having of it. Okay, so I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and they don't stop and put themselves in alignment and in in their faith first before they take that action. Do you feel like that's a pretty common thing that you see with like your clients and... Yes. And in my own life, action has been an overriding theme for years because it's taking aligned, inspired action. And one of the universal laws that I've had to struggle with the most, but now I trust it 100% is leave the house to the universe. So the difference is I'm going to go out and get a million dollars and my partner, et cetera. And this is how I'm going to do it versus Wherever there's a desire, a way has already been made. And now I amplify that desire out and then I watch for the opportunities to show up. Because here's the thing, our mind cannot orchestrate what the tapestry with the bird's eye view can, but those opportunities were not a match yet or we'd already have what we want. So they are uncomfortable, they're inconvenient, they can feel expensive, they can be illogical, what I call the breadcrumbs. So people are trying to just pound it out and make things happen. But if you leave the house to the universe, now I respond to opportunities that show up to me, especially if they are uncomfortable and inconvenient. Now I'm all in because it's the fastest way to what I want. So I am a a constant and consistent action taker, Mm -hmm. but it has to be aligned, inspired action. And here's the other piece of that. You're never neutral. You are always in every moment taking an action and making a choice that either moves you toward or away from what you want. So you can be taking one action toward what you want, but if you would be honest that you've done three things that are moving you away and then you're like, why am I further away? Because you just moved three steps back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think like my brain is asking, because like my old patterns was like burnout. Um, so just overworking, overdoing. Oh yes. I can make anything happen. I'll be the one I'll do it all. Yes. And then I let the universe do the heavy lifting and things come so much faster and easier. That's so that's what I want to talk about too, is like 
because I think a lot of the audience members resonate with that too, is like hardaholic, you know, just kind of make everything hard when it doesn't have to be. Yes. And I think there is a difference. And I want to point this out. And I'd love your explanation on it between like how you were saying it might be uncomfortable. It might be expensive. You might be pushed outside your comfort zone, things like that. But it's not hard, right? I love that. Yes. The difference is if you think about, I study a lot of Dr. Joe Dispenza. If you've taken a dive into his work recently, last year and this year, especially, and he talks about you're either going out there matter against matter, pounding like I'm going to make these things work, or you are a wave of possibilities and your energy impacting the field where everything is that you want. And I love where you say that because I used to work hard. I mean, I'd be the last one standing in crisis and trauma in all of that. And it didn't get me a lot, but I was sick. I was overwhelmed. I had an undiagnosed illness for seven years, living unexpressed like that. And now it is, it's uncomfortable, it's inconvenient, but a lot of that is energetically and inside, but it is not hard. Mm -hmm. It's not like physical exhaustion. No. (laughs) Yeah. And then you get, when you learn to live it, because at first you start and stop it and you got to get in in and out of it. But now I live it so much. I just expect it. I talk a lot about I don't even use pain as a motivator. So I never get into pain anymore. I run toward pleasure where a lot of people wait until they're in so much pain to move. And I used to do that. And then every time you're making it hard and there are a lot of beliefs that have been passed down. If it's not hard, it's not worth it. If it's not hard, you're not valuable and worthy of it. You need to, we're hardworking people, the early bird gets the worm, all of that. And yet there's such a different way. Yeah. And I think to, even as you're saying that, it resonates with me a lot because like first discovering all of this, oh, it doesn't have to be hard. That The hardest part was letting it be easy. Yes. Me. Okay. I love you say that. I have had multiple coaches in the past few years who started asking me, how good are you willing to let it get? Because I'd let it get a certain amount of good than I'd say, especially in 2020, my business was booming. And I kept kind of pulling back because other people are hurting and other some people don't have food and people are dying and people don't have jobs. And my coach said, you can't serve from that place. Mm-hmm. How good are you willing to let it get And I've had to open even more. Me being broke or sick will never help anybody else have more. But because I was able to stay in that wave, I served more clients than I've ever served in my life in 2020. Wow. That's amazing. And do you feel like, because we kind of talked about too at the beginning how it's cyclical, do you still feel like those things as you continue to grow your business and evolve, like, does that still come up for you? Yes, because again, it's those things that come up in the past nine months. When you heard me on that podcast, it's because I have had these incredible long series of manifestations that came in so easy. I've learned how to create money freedom, but I had not needed to create time freedom. So my next goal was to create time freedom. And when I got it, my coach was like, I thought this is the craziest thing because we're talking about, I don't know what to do with my free time and I'm feeling guilty. And my mind wants to go, go get more clients, go get more money, work harder, but I'm already doing as much as I need to do. Mm -hmm. And you get where now it's so easy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And can I let it be easy? Can I have the time freedom I wanted? Because my husband, we retired my husband last year and I became a grandmother for the first time. So before that, I was like, work. I'm an empty nester. My husband's gone all the time. He was a school principal. And all of a sudden I want time freedom. But then we even make that hard. Like, what do I do with all this time? Because mm-hmm. I do love to work and serve. Mm-hmm. And I had to think, what do I want to do other than that? Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, you know that you want time freedom, but it's like this pattern, you know, because you're just used to kind of like that pattern I always think of is like right now our kitchen lights out and it's been out for two months. And I walk in and I turn the switch on every single time because it's a pattern. <laughs> and so similarly, 
is like you're you're used to having to I hate this word but grind like you you know like in a in a way that I was going to say that word it's okay. a grind and it's in the coaching culture yeah grind yeah yeah I feel like it's in a lot of the entrepreneurial culture at least it when is. I first started I my my job by trade is residential real estate so very much that it's like yes. work hard hustle be available twenty four seven and I teach my team and I teach other people I'm like absolutely not like. No one wants to work with that person. And at the end of the day, like, why are we here? Like, that's the bigger question, you know? Yes. So Because for me, above all else, money freedom was a big one. Financial freedom. And then time freedom more recently. And so now I've created that. But the overriding freedom for me that maybe for a lot of people, as you're saying, what do we want to do with our life? We're not here just for that. I get to live in my purpose, fully integrated all the time. And I have the freedom to live the spiritual journey of my dreams and money doesn't make those decisions. And that's the most important freedom. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because when you're not quite there yet, you assume that it's going to be a totally different ball game. Like I feel I, at least for myself speaking for me is like just giving money so much more power and then once it comes, like, not that I don't love money. It's amazing. It makes life easier for sure. Yes. But you're, you're like, huh, it's really not as different as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I know? think the key, it wasn't the amount of money because they did an interesting study on people once and they asked them how much money would be enough for you. And no matter how much money people had, it was always double what they have now, even millionaires. But my, I had a mentor a few years ago who told me financial freedom is not how much money you have in any one bucket at any one time. It's knowing how to create all the money you want and need when you want and need it. And that's the journey I've been on the past five years. Totally different freedom journey because no amount of money will ever be enough when you're thinking like that. Mm -hmm. But if you know money is a renewable resource, I used to hold on to it, be afraid, or then I just spend it all. It's like hoard or get rid of it all. And now I know it's a renewable resource that I can create when I want and need it. Yes. If you didn't hear that, please rewind because I heard that on one of your podcasts, actually. And I told my husband and it was so profound because we were trying to create this stack of money, if you will, that had no end. And yes. so it's like, it will never be enough because like you said, we'll always want double. And after like the hierarchy, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, after those are met, like, we're pre you're pretty good for the most part. And then it's like all fun, right? And so it's like this idea that if you can create money whenever you want, that is true financial freedom. That is just so like profound. I felt like such a release of weight on my shoulders when I heard that because it's so true. It is. And it's different energetically. I love we're talking about this because money energetically, it's just an energetic exchange. We're using paper money right now, but people have so many beliefs around it. But what we're saying is that money, it loves speed and it needs a place to go. And so sometimes you run out of in the moment, what next? But if you know you can create it what you want and need, sometimes you slow down a little bit just because you do. In Maslow's hierarchy, which I taught as a therapist and used, it's very true. You get to that place of more financial freedom, you start thinking of what else do you want to do with that money? But I have always been a giver. I worked in nonprofit, as I told you, all those years but I was always giving from an empty well out of my pocket. I founded churches. I did all that, but from an empty well. And now I can give money anywhere and everywhere I want. I can start foundations in my community, which I've done before. And I have places I love giving money, but from a very different place. And then I can dream new dreams of what I want to do with money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it just makes it so much more fun. I think oh, it really does. One yeah. of my big, one of my big manifestations like that, something I didn't realize that I wanted or needed because you're just like, I need this. I need this. I want this. 
And when you get to a place where you actually have the freedom to start looking at your biggest desires, it turned out I was being called and led, but to a desire that turned into me just recently buying a second home somewhere that I love. So the money I had to decide and commit and then the money showed up to do it, but mm-hmm. not until it was a true need. And it was fascinating to watch because I would have been fine without the second house, no matter what. My family's fine. So it's totally a desire, but it's also, I can see part of my next level of purpose. Mm-hmm. And it was very spirit led and I've learned to trust that, but there was also a strong desire. And once I committed to it, the money showed up and I'm going next week to move into it. Yay. Is this the one in East Coast, New York area? Yes, in Lilydale. Oh, so cool. It's a a spiritual community where I teach in the summers. And now I'm going to live there part-time in one of these old Victorian homes in this spiritual community on this beautiful lake in upstate New York. So like, I think a lot of times, maybe the audience is thinking this is like, Okay, so I'm supposed to go out there. You know how people just take whatever you say and make it into their thing. (laughs) So I'm just going to do that right now. They're like, okay, so I'm just supposed to go out and like spend money that I don't have. Like, how do you, how does this occur? Because a lot of it is like you said in the beginning, there's a lot of money beliefs that people carry with them. And so unearthing those, but like, how do you get to this place where you leap before the net appears. And I totally get it. I've done it so many times now, but I still get it. And I'm in the coaching world and they get flack for that sometimes. Because on one hand, I can tell you, I always go first and I always do everything. And I can still tell you 100%, I have not been without a coach since 2009. Sometimes multiple coaches. Every coach is a bigger investment for me. And I do not hire a coach with the pile of money to pay them sitting there. But I do have the expectation and belief that once I make the investment in them, I will receive that money back quickly mm-hmm. and then tenfold and a hundredfold. So I'm putting my intentions out there and then I have to take aligned action and inspired action. And I know because people invest in me as their coach all the time. And when people are thinking, is that salesy or scammy or just can that be true? I always want to come up with different answers, but in reality, I always invest in things before the money is there and I trust the money will show up, but it can be super scary. And because I've done it so many times, but I'm the same person when I'm called to move, I will pick up and move to where I want to live. And we've quit our jobs with children. I mean, I'm just so trusting in it. So I can tell you, you have to borrow my belief But there are some coaches that are like, mortgage your house, sell your car. I've sold a car when I wanted to pay for something to grow my business, but I felt led to do it. I had a client who sold a piece of furniture to work with me, but I didn't tell her to do it, an antique piece of furniture. So I can sit here and tell you, all of my mentors, me and my clients, It is a principle that's solid, but it's not from that place like you're saying, it's from where you're coming from. You can't say, oh, so I'm just to go out and spend a bunch of money I don't have because here's one thing I teach. So I'll tell you all right here now, even before someone has paid me, I teach them. I learned to never again in my life. uh, It's been years since I'll allow myself to say this. I never say I cannot afford that or I don't have the money. I don't care if you told me buy this million dollar mansion. You will never hear those words. I talk about new money and I say, Right now, all the money I have is earmarked for other things. I'm creating new money for these things. And then I start looking for the opportunity. Sometimes the money falls in my lap, but most of the time it's inconvenient, uncomfortable. It'll be like fly to New York City, this event, pay this coach, buy this thing, start a radio show. It's all these things to invest in or to do. And they do pay off, but you've got 
to learn to stop saying, I don't have the money and I can't afford it because whatever you say is, is. And so you see, if you go spend money from that place, spirit saying, well, you said you don't have money and you can't afford it. So you're just going to create more of that. So you have to start with that internal place you're starting from, but it works. I create new money Mm -hmm. for the things that I want, need, and desire. So we do, we have so many money beliefs that we have got to get clear on. So no, I'm not saying it's magic. Just go out and spend money (laughs) on things that you can't afford. You have to start from that place. And then when those opportunities show up, You have to say yes and do them and they will stretch and grow you like nothing else because if you were already a match, you would already have them. So you have to become a match to them, but then it works every time, every time. And you, when you've done it once or twice, like you were saying, your faith muscle is so strong because you have so much proof. You're like, I know that this works. Like this is what happens. And I, I do this. I keep it a secret though. I don't really talk to a lot of people about it because in order for my faith muscle to be strong enough in certain circumstances, I can't allow opinions of others in at the moment. So that's like- no, you can't. And you my, better I not to share those with people where they can get their energy in until you've already created. Until I've done it. And then I'm like, cool, now I want to share with everyone because I want yes. everyone to do this and experience it. But what it feels like is it's this perfect blend of like, I know the decision is right, even if I, I, I don't have the abundance in my pocket at that moment. I know it's out there and I can feel it because I'm excited, but then I can hear the same chatter in my brain that's always there when I'm about to hit the next level. And it goes along the lines of, who do you think you are? This is irresponsible. Um, you shouldn't be doing this. Um, what are people going to think? It's all about staying small. And I've heard that chatter so much that I'm just like, I don't ignore it because then it just gets louder. I just say, okay. And I talk to it literally like it's a five-year-old. And I know this sounds crazy to probably some of you right now, but it really does work is I'll just say, okay, all right, tell me why you're scared. Okay. Well, if that happens, then we'll figure it out. And I'm able to just kind of hold the strength with the excitement of the thing, whatever it is, like a coach or whatever. Because I think how you're saying like you become that version of you, it really isn't like when I've paid a lot for coaching, it wasn't necessarily, the coach was great and it definitely helped a ton, but it was me investing in myself. Yes. And that- People don't always realize. Yes. It's process begins with you investing in yourself. You brought up a couple of really good points too. One, it is, I always say your mind will lie to you and letting your mind run your business or your life is like letting a five-year-old run your business or your life. You have to say, go sit in the corner. I've got this. You're a great tool and I'll use you when I need you. And the other one, I just told you, I just bought this house, knew I had to do it came in super fast and easy, but very uncomfortable, expensive at the same time, all of those things. So I'm not immune to that. Even if I tell you I've manifested all these amazing things right when I was doing it, like I'd already committed and the money even showed up. My mind, one morning I woke up and my mind was like, this is unreasonable. This is irresponsible. This is crazy. This is stupid. What are you doing? So you're not immune to it. And I almost fell for it. And I was like, let me rethink this. I could still not do this. But here's the other thing I've learned. And I will swear on this one. I asked the universe for money for a specific thing. And the money showed up. If I do not use the money for what I asked for, I am not honoring my agreement with spirit. And a friend called me out on it. And I was like, you're right. Because I tell people, people will actually create the money and then go, you know, I really have this credit card bill or I just got a flat tire. And then they don't use the money that they agreed to use it for. That's the worst thing you can do to yourself. But my mind one morning wanted to override and throw a temper tantrum like a two-year-old. Like, what are you doing? When it'll do it the minute you get the closest. Like I already had the house. It was a whole process. You can't even buy a house in this community without this whole process to be interviewed and do it. I was already through all that. Then my mind was just trying to, 
stop me mm-hmm. because it, it's going to be change. Yeah. It's like, um, in, I've heard this analogy before is almost like I use your fist. I have my fist right now, you guys. And it's like, I put my other hand over the top of it. And that's how a lot of us have lived our lives. And the hand over the top is just fear. Yes. When we try and break away from it, it's going to, it's not going to go away quickly. And they use the analogy, the dogs bark and the caravan moves on. And I love that because I see the visual and I'm in the van and like the dogs are barking and it's like, I see you, but like, I'm still going to do it anyway. So for you, are there certain practices that you do? Is it because it's an exercise muscle that you just ignore it? Like when you were in that moment, because it's, you're being honest and I really appreciate the transparency. You're like, I'm not immune to this either. It's almost like yours get bigger and bigger and bigger because your desires are getting bigger because you're growing and expanding. And so the fear alongside it that was. probably the gets bigger. The fear could still come up because yeah. it was such a bigger thing to do. I mean, I just closed on the house March 31st. So we're talking, this just happened six weeks ago that I was going through that again, but I catch it quickly. I'm aware And then I use my tools from all this time. And the biggest piece is still, well, do I trust spirit? Spirit led me to this. Spirit cleared the way and made it happen. And it's this trust journey that you and I were just talking about right before we got on here. And I always say it's trust times three. It's trust yourself, trust spirit, and trust the process. And a lot of times it's the trust ourselves that we really have to work on. So I realized once I fully trusted spirit, I actually still didn't trust myself. So I trusted spirit and then spirit brings me the money, the opportunity, whatever it is. Then I had to realize I don't trust myself to make good on it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to let myself down or self-sabotage or find a back door or let myself off the hook. So you have to do all that internal, honest inventory work. But here's the real way. This will never work in theory. Like you and I can sit here all day long. I can show you my life since the age of 25. I'm about to turn 58. I can show you all of it. And yet you won't totally believe it until you do it and then do it again. Because a lot of this is about rewiring your brain, your neural net pathways and your nervous system. And so you have these responses living in fight or flight and beta brain. You have to do it. I always have friends, even friends, clients will ask me, but the friends will be like, come on, just tell me the secret. And it's always the same thing. thing. (laughs) They always want to know how do you make the fear go away? And they want me to tell some version, the fear went away and then I did it. I don't have one time I can tell that story. The fear does not go away until you bust through it and get to the other side and your brain and your nervous system say, I didn't die. My mind is a liar. And then when you turn around, it's gone forever, but you have to do it. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's like, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. That yes. is like, I believe that so much. And it is funny how you you sincerely feel, I'm not joking, at least for me, I feel like I'm going to die. I do. You do. You will. And then you get done and you're like, that wasn't even that bad. It's never as bad as our brain makes it out to be. No, your brain is saying this isn't comfortable and familiar in order to survive, stop it, but that's not growth. Then spirit is all about more life and more growth, but our body is wired to keep us alive in this body on earth, but we've taken it too far. And so we're always living in that state. And you're right, you get to the other side, it's never what half most of the things I think are going to happen never do when I make up things to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, even if it was super scary, even as scary as I thought it would be, when you get there, the reward is so worth it. And you can't live this life without going there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're just as, especially after you've done it a couple of times and you deep down, you know, What's on the other side? You can't not go. 
No, because now I trust it. But still, like I said, yeah. But then like you, you were saying too, but who am I to buy this house right now? And who am I to have a house? I'm in Texas. It's on the East Coast. And who am I to do this? And that money could be used for something else and blah, blah, blah. But I knew I needed to do it. And I both learned to be spirit driven and desire led. And when you put the two together, I trust it. And I can tell you what my life would have been like if I would have let that, if I would have let that stop me, mm-hmm. I'd be sitting here now going, why did I let that stop me? Now my life sucks and I hate it. Mm-hmm. I just know, mm-hmm. but now I'm going to have this amazing, magical experiences there and this incredible life. And then what's so funny is because divine intelligence orchestrates it, it's actually helping my business because all my community and clients want to come there. So the house is going to be paid for in a couple of years because I'm using it to do business. Oh, amazing. And I get to live there too. Okay. So it's like even better than initially you had thought. It's like, trust me, trust me. I knew what was trying to happen, but I could have talked myself out of it. I love it. Um, can I, something, question just came to me and I just want to ask you it and get your opinion on it. So a big concept that I've been playing with the past couple of years is having arrived. And I think a lot of us delay this, whatever that means to us. Um, we delay it. And it's once I get X, right? And then you get X and X changes into Y. (laughs) So there's like this inevitable delay of happiness, if you will, we'll just call it that. Do you find yourself like, how have you, does this resonate with you? First of all, very much. Okay. And then, cause it's like, I can tell you're obviously very ambitious you, you want to do big things with your life and you want to do big things for others in the world. And so while reaching for more and being satisfied with what is, have you found that balance? How does that resonate true for you? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. It was actually a monumental shift for me. And I talk about it a lot because we do. I, I'm just always going to be ambitious and want more. One, to live my highest potential while I'm here but also to live a bigger and more expressed life. And so it's that pursuit of things. And when I get here, and then even like you said, when I early in my business, I had never made $50,000 a year in my life. I worked nonprofit. So I couldn't even imagine if I made $50,000 in a year, I thought that's it. Nothing else will ever need to happen. And then when I hit it, it's just one milestone. And then it was like, now can I get to six figures? You know, you're hitting those as I'm building my business. And then if I could live like this, if I could drive this car, all these different things. And then when you start wanting money, freedom and time freedom, what I found was you cannot keep creating. When we talk about hard, the hardest thing is to keep creating to get the joy And joy is the highest vibration to manifest from. Mm -hmm. So when you're already in joy, that's why the past nine months too, it was desires that were just out there all started coming in because I kept being in so much joy. I was having so much fun. Mm -hmm. And so you have to flip that you arrive over and over. Being in the coaching world, I thought, oh, once I'm a six-figure coach, once I'm a five-figure a month, then once I'm a stage speaker, well, then I got on big stages speaking all over. And once I have a book, and now I have two books. So you want to enjoy every one of those moments, but you want to flip it and learn to be living in joy all the time Mm -hmm. because then you will manifest everything easier. And so I had, again, it's that difference when we're saying you're creating money going, fine, I'll just spend money I don't have because you said that's what I should do. It's the same, fine, from here where I don't have enough, I'll create more and then I'll feel better. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, My life is amazing and magical. How much more great am I willing to let it be? And that's my mantra 
And then you don't come out of it. And it's a different way of driven. So it's a great question because then there are a lot of unhappy people with a lot of money. Right. And so I want to live my sole purpose and, and every day be amazing. So here's one thing that I learned early on as an entrepreneur. I have learned, and I'm adamant about it, I create a vision of the life I want to live and then I create a business that supports and sustains that. And every time I change how I want to live, I change my business to support and sustain my life. Then I'm always living in joy. Then more and better things just keep coming. Mm -hmm. So that's actually a huge one energetically mm -hmm. and universal law wise. Right. And you're just then it's like, to me, what that means, like, when I think about arriving, it's just true alignment to the point where, yes, we always will want desires. That's a human to not desire is a desire. <laughs> you will always desire. And, and desire is good. And it's a great it's thing. It's not. This right. last coach that we were talking about taught me even more and modeled for me totally living. What if you lived your whole life desire led? desire driven and it is magic i said okay i'll do it for six months and it was it's magic yeah and then too it's like these things come in because i just recall so the coach is gina devi i'll link her information if anybody's interested in learning about that as well but i i love listening to your episode with her because you almost forgot all the things because there were, there so, were many. so many and it's like, it's this thing where it's like, yeah, you were excited about them, but it wasn't like, once I get that, then I'll be enough or whatever, right? You were and like, you know I'm what? already vibing. And if this comes cool, if it doesn't, I don't really care. You know. And that's what made it. It was, it was funny. She's like, and what else? And in that period of time, I got so what I call, I was telling my friends, I'm in the field and I'm not leaving. I'm creating in the field Every desire I had out there, even crazy ones like riding in a parade on Mardi Gras, I wasn't focused on it. It just came in all these things. And that's the difference. I wasn't saying I'll be OK once I get the house here and once I get to do this. And then it was flooding. I couldn't even remember them all. And they're still coming in. And then each one makes you more enjoy. And then another one comes in because you're up here in joy. Mm -hmm. And the longer you can stay in the field consistently, it's easy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not comfortable, but it's easy. Yeah, totally. Yes. Because to continually grow and expand and get new desires, you become a different version of you every single time. Yes. Is it really fun to just reflect back, especially like you'd mentioned, like perhaps maybe through 2019 on like how your business and how yourself and how your life has changed since then? Yes, I have batches of years like that. And because of this mindset and the faith when 2020 hit, I just didn't buy into it in a way that it was a story about me and my business. I responded to whatever I needed to respond to, but I ended up moving to where I really wanted to live. My husband quit a job that was hurting him health-wise. We bought our dream house and we sold the house we didn't want to be in all during COVID and my business boomed because I've learned to live like this and trust. And then just when I was on Gina's podcast, uh, it started, I was sitting here kind of stuck last summer and I got a random text message somehow that she had my phone number in a selling message, come to New York City. You know, no one had been traveling, come to this live event in New York City. And I'd never even bought anything from Gina, but I'd known who she was for years. And Spirit said, right now, buy a ticket. It was an expensive ticket to that event fly to New York City, get in the hotel, go to this event. And that started that whole wave. That was July, the end of July of last year to here. It's just, I can't even tell you, I mean, hundred times in my money, but then all of those things coming in, I rode a wave. And it's also the power of connecting into communities and coaches and people and feeding yourself with that. 
and it just lifted my vibration, then it couldn't come fast enough. I'm even shocked. And I live this like I told you, and I've had my business 15 years. What's happened in the past nine months has been the greatest example from spirit that what I believe is even more than I can ever imagine. And that I literally can create anything. Oh my gosh. I love it. I, I think my the phrase, and I say this too, so it resonated with me a lot when you said it, is you can't make this shit up. Because yes. like there'd be stories where I'd be like, there's no way you can explain this otherwise. Like no human could intellectually create this experience. Like Exactly. You couldn't orchestrate yes. it and nobody else could. Oh yeah. And so I love those. Imagine if your life becomes a series where you go to people and you know and say, you can't make this shit up and you have yeah. another story. <laughs> totally. And it's so powerful and inspiring for other people to hear because you're like, like this is, I think you had mentioned too, you're like, it's not just like me, like you can experience these results too. Like you just, if you go through these principles and practices yeah. that you teach in your coaching. Um, so kind of wrapping things up, I can't believe the time went by so fast. Um, I had really, a really good time chatting with you today. One last too. question, um, I steal it from Oprah's Super Soul Conversations is, what do you know for sure? What I know for sure is a divine intelligence created us in the image to be co-creators of our own life and experience. We came here for a purpose. And within that, so that we could live on earth, there are universal laws. And when you learn to live within the universal laws, everything is possible. And our minds are not us and learning about energy. The two things I was going to tell you earlier that are key are energy management and emotional mastery. And those are what I had to learn over and over again until I got it because you're the one in charge of this along with the divine intelligence and universal law. So I know it's available to anyone. And when I saw others do it, I connect into that and plug into that and it's possible for me too. Mm -hmm. And then kind of full circle from the beginning of our chat, it's just like the, your faith muscle. It's just like, it's just so rock solid. And I think it like that to me is the foundation of anything, everything, because even like emotional mastery and things like that, like if you don't have faith, and that yes. it's possible for you, like none of that can land, you know? And, and how just... do you strengthen any muscle? You have to use it. So faith muscle, you can only use it by doing the things and seeing what happens. There's no other way. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much. This is great. Thank you. It's been a great conversation. I've loved it. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, then head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. We sincerely appreciate your feedback. Stay tuned for another episode of Connect Back In, and thank you for listening.